tuning in to the pilot episode of the Millican Music Podcast. I'm Jane Trossel, and joining me today is Dr. William McLean. Hi, good to see you today. So, Dr. McLean has been conducting the orchestra here for three years, actually. And, well, Dr. McLean, I'm interested in how did you hear about Millican? Like, what, what was this process? How did it look? Well, it's an interesting story. So my previous job was in Georgia, and uh, I was not aware of Milliken at all. Uh, and uh, the way I found out was through a national search. So Milliken uh, advertised the position on national websites, so people like me who might be far away were able to find out about the position. So uh, I was immediately attracted to the position um, because of the unique um, duties and the program itself. Do you remember your first time walking into the Perkinson Music Center? Uh, well, it's been three years, but yeah, I think I think I do. The the third, first thing I remember is the the hustle and bustle of the students. So this was before mm. COVID, so people were really active. And I walk into the building, and all you hear is music and people talking and and moving around. Um, and I I, I just love the energy, and I was thinking. I want to be a part of this. Definitely. I, I, I remember being breathtaking as a young kid, taking, uh, it was a solo competition actually, but um, the PMC is actually a historical building registered through the government. It was built in 1911. It's actually the second oldest standing building at Milliken. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that Milliken University actually began as the Milliken Conservatory of Music. So that's why the music building is one of the oldest. In fact, if you look at some of the architecture, um, you can find little harps and musical motifs all around campus. Man, but I would argue definitely the, this, the crown jewel of PMC would be our Quaper Hall. I mean, it's, it's like so luxurious and overdone, but at the same time, it's reserved and simple. I I love playing in there, and we have student recitals there, actually, that are open to the public as well. Um, when you're a student, you get to play there, or you can come in and listen for free. And the public can listen for free as well. We like to do them on Tuesdays and Thursdays, roughly 2 o'clock. Anyone who loves music should come out. It's, it's basically a free concert available every week. You get to hear some of the rising stars, our students playing all types of music, singing, saxophone, jazz. Uh, you hear that. Um, and then uh, every once in a while, you'll even uh, hear a faculty recital as well. And the Quaper Hall is just a beautiful, wonderful rec uh, recital hall made specifically for smaller concerts. Yes, and it's like a real tight venue. Um, you don't have to dress up or anything, but it feels like private in a in the greatest way possible like, intimate that's the word. yes intimate, intimate. i mean yeah. it's if you dropped a pen like it would be yeah. <laughs> everyone would hear it yeah. um so at Milliken, actually the students are able to use a full-scale professional recording studio in the music center we call this the millitrex uh, you can request an appointment to go in there you can Maybe get out this new idea for your album you're making with your friends, or sometimes your professor will go in there with you and help you record. Um, Milliken 
actually started the orchestra in the 1920s. We co-merged with a local orchestra, just like talented players from Decatur. The students, <laughs> oh, man. So whenever you're a student at the Milken School of Music, you have access to state-of-the-art practice rooms, pianos. Um, there's almost always students together talking or studying. Um, Dr. McLean, what would you say drew you most to Milliken? Was it maybe the facility? Was it the people you met? Well, I think one of the draws for me uh, was this concept of performance learning. Now, I had not heard about performance learning, but it was something that I felt very close to um, because the, the concept itself that the students are involved in their art, in their industry, in their, their, their choice of, of uh, profession, um, as soon as they walk in the doors. You know, it might be something as small as doing a, a recital and playing alongside a professional or recording an album in the Millitrack studio. But every uh, program at Milliken in some way embodies this idea of performance learning where, yes, you're a student and yes, you're learning, but you're also performing your art and you're contributing to the field and not just waiting till after you graduate. So I really, mm -hmm. I really like that concept. And of course, the MDSO is really one of the epitomes of that concept in that our students are playing literally side by side with professionals who play in many of the top symphony orchestras in Illinois. And I cannot think of any other place that has quite that type of opportunity consistently. So for us, this is our season. We have a full professional season of uh, masterworks, opera, uh, pops concerts. So it's not just a special concert that we do this. It's every concert the students have this opportunity. Yes, and so how long have you been conducting in orchestra? Oh, just in general? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, just over 20 years, so wow. it's, it's a long time, yeah. <laughs> and what, so the other shapes of uh, orchestra and the, just the way they kind of structure the education, is it like a full student orchestra? Or? Yeah, there's, there's definitely different models. So the most traditional model is, of course, a fully uh, student orchestra. And, you know, the, the size of the school will normally uh, determine the size of that student orchestra. So larger schools will have, you know, usually a full symphony, sometimes even more than one orchestra. Um, smaller schools or medium-sized schools. So when I was teaching at Georgia, I was, uh, I was, uh, it was at a medium-sized school. So I had a medium-sized, uh, what you would call a chamber orchestra. Um, now, other schools have a model where it's, uh, semi-professional or what they call community-based or community orchestra where they will have the student core and then they might hire a few what we call musician ringers who come in just special sometimes they come in just for the dress rehearsal when they play the concert they don't rehearse with the students the whole time um, and they will do that and then still other programs have a sort of a super version of that where it really is a, a giant uh, you know, orchestra that has, you know, maybe a few hired outside players. But as far as I know, Milliken University is the only one that has this idea of the, the professional contract regional orchestra that has a full season, professional season, 
uh, with the students involved. So it, it's a unique position. I recognize it immediately when I saw the posting. I'm like, nobody else does this. This is a great opportunity. Um, and for me, it was it, the job just completely fit my, um, you know, my skill set. You know, and that I've kept up my playing as a player. So I play at the professional level. Um, I've conducted professional orchestras, and yet I love teaching and I love working mm. with students. So it really combines both of my my interests. So I definitely have always identified as a hands-on learner. And as a Decatur native, you know, I always heard like, oh, Milliken performance learning. And I, I thought it was a, a slander, like a slogan to get people in the door. My very first day, I mean, my jaw was dropped. Like, and it's not only your orchestra class that you're doing hands-on. I mean, my psychology classes I am, it's, it truly is performance learning, and I don't think any other university or even very specifically orchestra will prepare you to the extent and the manner that Milliken does. So our next concert is actually going to be the Giant Guitar, October 1st, 7.30 to 9.30 at our very own Kirkland Music Center. Dr. McLean, I'm curious... What goes into creating this venue? How are you deciding on these pieces? And well, how far out are you starting to think? Like, are you already thinking about next year's venue or the year after that? Tell me, please. So uh, I don't want to give away too many secrets, but yeah, obviously the conductor has to prepare well in advance of actually, you know, you know, months in advance sometimes. So the planning for this year began back in March. So well in, you know, well back to the spring, I was already thinking about this year. In fact, I've, uh, I've already planned out the next three years. So I, I tend to prefer a three-year plan. Um, now, I always leave a few, a few holes in, in places where I can be flexible and try different things. But it's important, um, it's important for the pedagogy of it. So as a teacher, you know, I wanna have a plan where if you're a student here and you go through four years, I want you to have a certain amount of experience when you leave. So that's why I like to plan in advance so that no matter when you can, what year you come in, you're gonna have an experience either playing an opera or you're gonna have an experience playing a musical. No matter what year you come out, you're going to have, it, you're going to have an experience playing a Pops concert. Pops concerts are probably the, one of the most fastest growing popular concerts because they play theater music, they play movie music, gaming music, it's all there. So we want our students to be versatile players. So we want them to be great at the classical music, but we also want them to be able to play different styles. So I plan far in advance, years in advance. Uh, now when it comes to actually studying scores, um, I'm usually happiest if I can get a month in. So um, it gets tricky once the year starts because of course I'm a teacher as well, so there's lots of work to be done, but I try to at least get some score studying in uh, at least a month before the concert. I love when you talk about classical music and I think it's very obvious it's what you're passionate about. How how much would you say you listen to? Like how how much outside of your job is like it just comes into your mind like Well obviously yeah classical music is my forte and that's what I enjoy and, and uh you know but I am a musician at heart, meaning that I love all types of music. 
So for me, if you could be a fly on the wall and follow me around and catch my, my playlists and things like that, um, my listening tends to be purpose-based. So when I go to the gym and I wanna do a workout, um, I'm not listening to Beethoven symphonies when I'm <laughs> lifting weights, right? Um, but uh, you know, I might listen to something more upbeat, pop music or even hip hop music. Um, but I tend to listen to classical music in the mornings and in the evenings. So I have a playlist that has all kind of cool music from symphonies to little chamber music like quartets. Um, so, you know, oh, and I love listening to classical music when I'm cooking. It's really nice. It's like, it, it, just, it just sets the atmosphere, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I definitely love listening to all music. But classical music is obviously going to always have a special place in my heart. I think from a out, maybe this is a bad assumption, but from an outsider's perspective, classical music and going to the symphony could be intimidating. But in the modern world, I mean, you could go to basketball practice and show up in your basketball shorts and everyone's going to be happy to see you and they're going to ask, hey, what did you think of the concert? Like, Yeah, definitely the, uh, you know, the classical music world has unfortunately had a little bit of a reputation for being, you know, a little bit uh, uh, formal all the time and you have to dress up and you have to speak a certain way. But we're breaking that, that assumption. Um, that's why I love the Pops concerts because we get out there, we have fun, we let the kids play around. You know, we want people to have fun. So, you know, you, you, you know, we're, we're, we're letting people, you know, come as you are. Even if you've never mm. heard of the composer, just come and enjoy and listen. Um, there's so much wonderful music out there. And um, so I think the more, the merrier. Our next concert that I would, to circle back actually, the giant guitar is, two pieces from it is an American composer, Miguel de... Aguila? Aguila. Aguila, okay. Mm -hmm. And it's to my understanding you know him personally, right? Yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty great story. Um, so Miguel, uh, I've known him for, I'd say, three years now. Uh, and the way we met uh, was actually I was still living in Georgia, so this was before I came to Milliken. And uh, I, play, I play in the Augusta Symphony Orchestra in Georgia, so that's a professional orchestra in Augusta. And we recorded uh, an album for him of his music. Um, and one of the pieces that we recorded was the giant guitar. Uh, and I, I loved his music. And so we had a break during one of the rehearsals and I just walked right up to him. I introduced myself. I say, hey, I'm, you know, William. What, you know, I would love for you to, you know, to come and play, play at my university. And, you know, we'd love to play your music and have you in residence as a composer. So I think that's what's really cool about my position is that, you know, I still play professionally. So I'm able to get out into the industry and meet some of these really famous composers. I mean, Miguel is one of the most famous composers in the world uh, and meet them and have have an experience with them and bring them back to Milliken for our students to then mm. have a benefit. Like there's not a lot of schools that can claim that they have Miguel coming to their campus to, to be a resident. So he will be working with our students, our composition students, our bassoon students, and of course he will be working with all the orchestra students uh, in the rehearsal. I'm looking forward to it and I hope to see everyone at our next concert. Again, it's October 1st, 7.30 to 9.30 at our very own Kirkland Music Center.
Um, I'd like to finish by thanking you, Dr. McLean, for your time. And also, thank you for being a part of classical music in central Illinois. This was the, oh, yes, please say an outro. An outro, well, <laughs> yeah, well, I, first of all, I, you know, I'm so excited to be here. It's, it's, it's only my third year, but it's moments like this that make me the most happy, just working with students and trying out this new podcast and you know if you hear this and you hear, if you hear our voice come and see us we're it's really fun uh we have a good time you we enjoy the music uh and you will too